Welcome to episode 47. I'm your host, pain relief specialist and mind-body coach, Molly Jager. Hi, how are you? In the background, you might hear my family practicing Furelise downstairs. I'm not sure which one, if it's my husband or my daughter. She's been learning it lately and she's super uh, excited about it. So maybe it's her. If she's playing, if it's playing too fast, it's probably her. <laughs> she likes to play fast and then gets mad when she makes a mistake because she's playing too fast. Ah, life. LOL, right? We all have to learn. So I'm going to pick up where I left off last week with this awesome book, Do Hard Things, Why We Get Resilience Wrong and the Surprising Science of Real Toughness by Steve Magnus. And I'm going to share with you some more awesome stuff. And if you enjoyed last week's episode, you're going to enjoy this one even more, I promise you. And we're still only in the first 51 pages. I'm telling you, there's so much good stuff. And so let's just dive right in, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. Are you ready for this one? This is a pretty heavy hitter, meaning that it's so spot on and so relevant for not just resolving chronic pain, but for meeting life's challenges that I wanted to share it with you right off the bat. Are you ready? Our brain is an uncertainty-reducing machine, willing to do whatever it takes to minimize surprise, even if it is at a high cost. Hmm. It's not a new idea, but what's really important and stands out for me is that last piece. Even if it's at a high cost. How many times have you experienced a situation that was crappy, that you knew wasn't in your best interest, but you preferred to stick it out because it felt safer and easier than having to stand up for yourself or walk away and create a new situation? We all do this all the time. This is not to point fingers. This is to recognize how our brain works so that we can work with it. Like this could be something as minimal as a difficult conversation with somebody who you just don't find that interesting and you don't know how to excuse yourself. (laughs) So instead, you get like wrapped up in a conversation that you really would love to just never be around for, right? And so instead of politely excusing yourself, You find yourself nodding and smiling and saying filler things, right? To just to kind of smooth over the situation. So you get involved other than, you know, politely excusing yourself or something like this. It could be as simple as that. Or it could be more involved, like staying in a job or a relationship or whether it's a chosen relationship or in engaged in a relationship with a family member in a certain way that feels more safe even though you would wish for something else. It's just part of how we're wired. It's just part of how we protect ourselves. And that's okay. 
it's fine to choose anything, but it's great to have a choice, right? It's great to have a choice. And sometimes when we learn about stuff like this, we might choose to like not put the energy into creating a new route because we would rather put our energy elsewhere in our life. And that's a perfectly valid choice. What I find is that the more awareness people have about the effects of certain stressful situations on their body or certain stressful thoughts on their body or actions that they take, the more you understand that with utter clarity, the easier it is for you to find another way through or make another choice because you just choose that naturally. You just, a new doorway opens up to you. When you see the impact, it's like, now I have a choice and then your brain starts to go to work naturally looking for options or ways toward the choice which is more desirable, more enjoyable, right? When we have that awareness, then our brain has that data to start working with. And that's the key. And especially when it comes to pain, once you realize the things that are creating pain in your body or that are showing up as pain in your body, it gets really a lot easier to figure out a way to change, whether it's the way that you're thinking or the way that you're interacting or choosing your life. It becomes a lot easier when you realize, oh, that's creating pain to change that part of your life. And I just want to say a really quick note here about that because I think a lot of people come with the thought or carry the thought that in order to get out of pain, they'll have to change things in their life that they're not willing to change. And I want to share with you that it's really a process that evolves over time and you never have to do anything that you don't want to do. It's more like coming into alignment with what you're comfortable with and feel safe with doing in that moment. And you can resolve pain without changing your whole life or changing your circumstances because it's about creating a sense of safety in yourself and understanding how you create that. And once you have access to that, that allows you to make choices that now might seem scary, that allows you to make them from a place that feels safe and good, right? So it's like a completely different experience than what you might be imagining if you're imagining that it might be scary. The hardest step is usually the first And in fact, he talks about that a little bit as well. I think I'm going to get into a quote about that later. The next thing I want to share with you is about pain. He writes, pain and fatigue are our body's way of nudging us toward a course correction. We can't sustain the pace, so we'd better slow down. If we don't listen, our body will take matters into its own hands, shutting us down to prevent catastrophic failure or damage. Hmm. I think that's so interesting because I think a lot of people who have pain think that their body is already damaged. Physically, there's a problem that 
can't be fixed or that has to be fixed. When in fact, in the majority of cases, it's that your body is saying, slow down before, slow down before things get irreparable. And it creates that situation where we have to pause. And that is coming from that wisdom and that natural intelligence that has access to more data than what we are cognitively aware of. And so trusting that and following that wisdom can be so, so useful. So in this book, he talks a lot about toughness and resilience, right? So kind of interchanging those words. And the next quote uh, is about toughness, but you could also think about this in terms of resilience. Toughness is about embracing the reality of where we are and what we have to do. Not deluding ourselves, filling ourselves with a false confidence, or living in denial. Hmm? Being tough begins long before we enter the arena or walk on stage. In fact, it starts with our expectations. And that is profound because it's talking about how our thinking affects not only our experience, but if you recall from last week, it affects our actual physiology. It affects the chemicals that get released in our body that cause us to feel stressed, freaked out, and go into a freeze mode or go into a more of a fight mode where we're actually in a challenge response and setting ourselves up for, for being present through a challenge. So toughness is about embracing the reality. I say this all the time that in order to move forward, we have to know where we are. We always want to jump like, Oh, if I have the thought that I can just have gratitude, then I should just go to gratitude. But first we have to get to all of the things that are present underneath that desire for gratitude, right? And we have to be honest about that and where we are and what we have to do. And then not deluding ourselves and filling ourselves with false confidence or living in denial. So in terms of pain, I think this is so relevant for us who have chronic pain because we often live in denial of what we're actually capable of, right? We deny that we need to rest. We think that we should be able to go around like taking care of everybody else, making sure that everybody else is happy and okay, taking care of everybody else's feelings taking care of every chore plus extra and that we should be able to go home and be happy-go-lucky and carefree in ourselves and in our body, right? We deny sometimes, maybe once or twice (laughs) in our lives, we deny ourselves rest. We deny that we need compassion, understanding, We deny that we need connection, 
right? And we do it in little subtle ways. And we think, right, we judge ourselves when we lose it. And then we get angry at the world because we've denied ourselves what we need, right? We get angry at other people for not acknowledging our or recognizing our needs when it's really us not recognizing and providing for ourselves. And then that creates a situation where we have no resilience because we're so overwhelmed, right? (laughs) We're so overwhelmed. We have nothing left. Tank, empty, right? And the second one I want to share, or the next one that I want to share with you relates to this. Because another thing that we do is that we hide our, we present what we want and we hide what's really going on under the surface. So this is a quote from actually somebody else that he interviewed for this book. Uh, Let's see, Drevon, Drevon Anderson Kappa. I hope I'm pronouncing that right who was a high-performing athlete and went on to, you know, be an amazing military officer and do things there that were outstanding and amazing. So the author, Stephen Magnus, wanted to interview him. And this is one of the things he says. Everyone wears a mask. We carry around a facade, projecting our outer image of who we want to be. But... When you're under stress, that fades away and you're left with what's underneath. Stress exposes you. The reason I want to share that with you is that I think a lot of, like, this is so normal that who wants to be exposed? Who wants other people to see their vulnerability? There are very few of us that are comfortable with that. We don't even want to see our own vulnerability, (laughs) like let alone other people see it. That is, I think, some of the source of the biggest pain because we hide our vulnerability behind this facade, this guard, and that creates so much tension and pressure especially when we really feel vulnerable. We even hide it from ourselves, right? And sometimes, just want to offer sometimes, the most relieving thing to do is to acknowledge that vulnerability. And you can get an effect from this in terms of feeling better and less pain immediately. If you simply acknowledge it with yourself, right? You don't have to go and be vulnerable in public with anyone. You can just be vulnerable with yourself and acknowledge your vulnerability in that way, which most people find way more safe (laughs) and that they're capable of doing that in themselves. That is cathartic. That will rewire your brain. If you are simply able to be vulnerable with yourself and acknowledge that internally. Yeah? Okay. All right, last one. 
I'm saving the best for last. Okay. Yeah. So this is great. I love this last one because this is exactly what we do. This is exactly how you break the pain cycle. This is exactly how you rewire your brain. You ready? Here we go. So wait, one, I'm going to preface this really quick. So when you have chronic pain, what we know is that it's not that there's anything wrong with your body. It's that you're in basically a chronic stress cycle where your nervous system is perceiving a threat and creating pain in your body. That's that's one that's one piece of it. I think another facet of it is that your nervous system might be like the threat is out there, so we need to protect ourselves here, but also part of the nuance of that what's happening inside that is that you're I think there's part of your system that's also recognizing that there's a threat internally and that it's like I mentioned before it's one um, tool that your nervous system has to get you to slow down and pay attention it's kind of a, a blunt tool because it doesn't really communicate that clearly to you unfortunately it doesn't say hey you're doing a great job out there but need a little bit more rest okay need to focus on breathing and not like holding our breath all the time and scrunching our shoulders and we need to think about (laughs) you know like can you just like do some self-development for a little while that would be awesome (laughs) it's more just like attention now take care of it so I think there's a little bit going on that, you know, part of what's happening is that um, we're perceiving overwhelm and stress and triggers outside of ourselves. You know, that's happening and that's getting, that's an overactive alarm system in our nervous system. And that eventually creates um, more pain or the um, need for pain or the perceived need for pain. Right? Because pain is that alarm, part of that alarm system. But here's the good news. Are you ready? Our body's alarm system is malleable. We don't have to be monk like and turn the knobs to adjust our sensitivity, you know, like those monks meditate forever and then they just learn how to do something deep in their brains and then like, they change their brainwave state. (laughs) We don't have to do that. We just have to get better at predicting. How do you get better at predicting? Experience. New data, right? New experience, more self-awareness. Research consistently shows that tougher individuals are able to perceive stressful situations as challenges instead of threats. I talked about that last week, right? A challenge is something that is difficult but manageable. On the other hand, a threat is something we're just trying to survive, to get through. This difference in appraisals isn't because of an unshakable confidence or because tougher individuals downplay the difficulty. It's that those who can see situations as challenge as a challenge developed the ability to 
accurately assess the situation and their ability to cope with it. Are you ready for this next one? This is my favorite of all. An honest appraisal, honest, I like that. An honest appraisal is all about giving your mind better data to predict with, period. Yeah, better data, more awareness, more self-awareness. Ah, I'll just read this last sentence because it's really great. It refers to what I was talking about last week. A better appraisal allows us to unleash the response we need for that situation in that moment. So if we are able to recognize that the situation is a challenge, not a threat, then our body releases testosterone and adrenaline, which help us to think more on our feet, which help us to navigate the difficulty, the potential difficulty, rather than feel alarmed and go into a freeze state because our body has released cortisol, right? So we have different responses depending on how we perceive it. I want to highlight that those two pieces, right? That it's about honesty. This has come up a number of times today in this podcast and in this book. Honestly assessing where you're at. Like, this is where I am. I think sometimes people don't want to honestly assess because they feel like already defeated. And it's like when people say, I don't want to accept where I am because it's not where I want to be. But honestly assessing where you're at allows you the, uh, what can I say? What it does is that it takes the pressure off having to be somewhere, having to be something else or having to be somewhere else. And when that pressure goes, you have so much energy available because you're putting so much energy into resisting what is that it that's exhausting it's the resistance it's the denial that exhausts and depletes your resources and shuts down your cognitive flexibility right it shuts down because you that's what puts you into the freeze mode into unconsciousness but being just like so honest is what gives you access to ideation to like it's like as soon as you have that resistance goes away and you are in honesty with yourself then all those neurons <laughs> not just energy but the neurons that are like whirling here and there to try and you know keep the reality down like hidden are just like free they're free to do other things and they're like what what more can we do and not only that but something happens in your in the quality of your thinking in your brain waves change in the quality of your breathing in the quality of your electromagnetic heartbeat when you are able to go to a place of honesty with yourself so Resilience is doable. 
having resilience is uh, possible. Like, if you just review the things that I spoke about, it's like being resilient and being tough is about honesty and awareness. What is awareness but acquiring more data, acquiring more information? You can do that. Totally. If you have, if you have, if you struggle to be honest with yourself, if you struggle to know where to look for data, that's when you reach out for help. That's when you reach out and say, look, I know that this is available to me. I know that I want it, but I'm not quite sure how to get there. Or I would really love someone's help. Can you help me with this? That's when you reach out and from an empowered place, you reach out for help from this place of this is what I'm choosing because I know it can be available to me. So help is an empowered choice that you can make for yourself on purpose. All right, my friends. I hope that you found some of this valuable. Like I said, we only got to page 51. I've got more to read and more to share. I hope you have a wonderful week. I like so much love and compassion. Have a breath. Breathe in your life. Breathe in this moment and experience all of it. The fullness, the richness of your experience. Do that once a day, (laughs) every morning, every night, and you will feel better soon. Okay, I'll talk to you soon.